You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As promised, the Hangtime Podcast is back to finish off what we started, the second half of our retro redraft of the 2009 NBA draft. Don't want to miss it. Drew Packham. T-Mobile Rookie Report guru from NBA.com, Vince Thomas, and myself, Seku Smith, right here for you with the second half of our redraft. I'm Vince, on the clock, yo. You get on. Let's go, uh, Vince. You know what? I'm 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 gonna need. Uh, no, this, you don't. This is this is gonna be the only time where I'm gonna need you you all to help me because <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 waffling here, man. I think that I could get um, Ricky Rubio to come to San Francisco and Oakland. I think so. I, de- I mean, it's one of the great, it's one of the one, one of the great areas in the world. You know, the Bay Area, right? Um, world class. So I think I can get him to come, and I think that he would be, eventually, because I, I I was one of the people that I I liked. You know, there, rookie Rubio was a very polarizing figure pre-draft time. Some people were like, oh, well, you know, what's the big fuss? And some people were in love with him. You know, I, I guess you know I would you know be on that side of the people that really liked him. Okay, and I think that he would be devastating with Golden State eventually. But I also loved what Dewan Blair did in that rookie sophomore game, where it was just like him and a bunch of guys, and you know they were you know up and down the court, and anything that came off the rim, he was grabbing. And I think that you need somebody like him when you have an offense like like they do uh, in Golden State. You know, somebody who. Doesn't need the oh, ball. Oh, he would clean up the glass there. Yeah, yeah. goes and gets. <sighs> I don't. I don't. So, so, I, don't see, so, I don't see him being a bad pick wherever he goes. No. Right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be magnanimous. I'm going to be magnanimous I because love, I, I like Drew. <laughs> I, 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 because I like Drew. I'm going to pick Dewan Blair because because I because I love my man Blair, but also because I want to see Ricky Rubio. Running Dan Tony's offense in New York in, in the garden. Oh, so you're making my eighth pick <laughs> so for me. So you're picking eight I'm, more. I'm, I'm making it, but here, so here's what I did, y'all. I made my pick and I just made Drew's pick for him too. <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if he says? What if he said he didn't want any part of that? Yeah, I didn't say I was taking Ricky Rubio. Exactly. Eight. He might want Jordan Hill. Yeah, but you know, I'm, you know but, but I'm like that man. I take liberties. You know, I'm obnoxious. <laughs> but so yeah, so I'm pick, I'm, pick, I'm picking Blair. I think Blair. You know, I think Blair works really well. Um, would work really well in that Golden State offense. You know, obviously we don't know. You, you know, we don't know how long Nelly would be there. And you know, once Nelly leaves, they might get somebody in that has a totally different. But Dewan Blair is a player, which is why none of us understand why he well i mean we know some of the reasons why he fell to 37 but you got no acls yeah right but you know now 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 that now now that we with with hindsight this is a retrospect i think that you know he's shown that he's proven he he could be or he was worth a lottery pick he warranted a lottery pick so i'm gonna go ahead and pick him with go we won't boo you we won't boo you eighth pick drew eighth pick well you know what new york knicks uh since uh vince talked me into it you know i had (laughs) i had two guys penciled in here and one was Johnny Flynn, mm-hmm. because you know I see that would be a great fit for him. 
He's a home, you know, New York guy. Mm-hmm. I could see him just really thriving in New York. But I will take Ricky Rubio. Rubio. The, if anybody could get him to come, I think the Knicks would have made it work. The Knicks would be the one place. No doubt. And, you know, they might have had to wait a year or whatever, but right. I think that would have still been worth it. New York, Ricky Rubio, that right. would have been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I, him, him, him running D'Antoni's offense in the garden, yeah. I think would have been great for the league. Would have been great for the league, great for that city. I mean, it's that still, place, it still that can w- happen, right? It still can happen. You know, some, some, yeah. some, some, way, some way it can happen. Why not? Why not? I'm going I'm to throw a change up. Is, am I, I'm next, right? You are. You're on the clock. I got Number the nine, Raptors, the Raptors. I, I know this flies in the face of everything Brian Colangelo is all about uh, in Toronto because I don't know that this guy had a passport before he got into the NBA. Um, and I certainly I know he's not a, from another country. Um, but I'm going th- to throw a monkey wrench into the whole process. I'm taking Taj Gibson not bad. at number nine. Hmm. And, and if I'm talking hmm. about what a guy's done in production and, and what he's given his team, go back and look at these games he's had for the Bulls this year. Very hmm. underrated rookie. He's a big man who plays big. He rebounds. I've watched him battle good players in the post. You know, and and hold his own. I think for what the what the Raptors need in terms of somebody around to toughen up that front line of Chris Bosh and you know Andre Bargnani and Hito, they needed some toughness. I think Taj Gibson would give me that at well, at, the, at number nine. He's been one of the best rookies over the last few weeks, actually month or so. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, just doing it all. I mean, he's had a double double for like. I don't know. Yeah. For as long as I can remember, he's right. been getting 10, 12 points every game. Completely 10, underrated. 10, 12 rebounds every game. And completely Drew, underrated, Drew right? Drew has him ranked six uh, on, on uh, yeah. NBA.com rookie rankings. Yeah. Right now. And I'm not just cheating. And I'm, that's probably low. I'm not just cheating, Drew. I don't want you to think I'm just reading the rookie rankings every week and figuring out my picks. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's all right. That's all right. But, but it, the, you know, this is where the money is. Now, I'm talking about I'm a, I'm a bottom line cat. I need guys that are going to give me – Quality production for the minutes they're playing. I don't care if they start or come off the bench as rookies. I need to know I can. When I got you out there, you producing. This dude produces, and he's got his head on straight. And he's this a, guy's and a, he's a grown man. Yeah. He's tw- you know he's older than the average rookie. He is you know a grown man. Mm-hmm. You got no questions about this guy. Okay, so it's on me now. It's on you, Vince. Number Bucks. ten, tenth pick, the Bucks. Now, I got my man Johnny Flynn hailing from the great city of Buffalo. Yeah, you got a lot of home. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of hometown pressures. The GM of the Bucks. Everybody knows you from Buffalo. Man. You know. But then but then I have who coming in to the draft was my favorite player. Didn't think he was the best player, but he was my favorite player based on what he did in college, which was Ty Lawson. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, I think that both of them could recreate the Brandon Jennings dynamic there in um, in Milwaukee, and, and maybe you know, maybe even you know, because both are better defenders, maybe even you know, and and probably their, their shot shot selection is a little bit, maybe even you know, be be better in some areas. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna go with the homeboy, the Buffalo homeboy <laughs> Johnny Flynn, and but I'm gonna say, but for but for for this reason, I think that they're both great young players, but I think that. I think that my man Jay Flynn has a higher ceiling. Do, what do you all? Do, I, here's what I think. I think that I don't think Ty Lawson will ever really be like an All Star. I think he'll. I think he'll be the starting point. He can be the starting point guard for a, a, a championship contending team. Mm-hmm. But I think that Johnny Flynn actually has um, superstar qualities. I don't know if he'll ever be a superstar, but he has the potential to be a star. 
Yeah. I definitely think so. I think there's just something else in his game and even in his personality that makes him just a step above Ty Lawson. Johnny Flynn? Yeah. Okay. I, I No? No, I don't know. I'm I I like all these rookies. I, I told you I'm, I'm bullish on these mm-hmm. rookies and have been from the start. But I don't know that there's some great separation I see between Flynn and a guy like Lawson. I, I don't, no, not great it, separation. Not great. Know. Well, and it's it's hard too because Flynn in the uh, the system he's playing right now, it's hard to tell what what he would do in a different team. Right. Because he played a triangle. Yeah, Very he's good playing point, the Drew. triangle. Right. You know, he ha- he has struggled with it. He's kind of been tried to be reined in. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, give him an offense where he can run. Put him in Golden State, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he'd be putting up big. If numbers I saw in him Golden in a State. yeah, like in a place like Golden State, then it's like oof. Yeah. Who knows what would happen? Um, you know, and guys, I don't want to alarm you here, but James Harden, who was a pretty high pick in the in the real draft, mm-hmm. you know, he's still on the board. Still on the board. Now, and, I, I, and I don't know that it's an indictment of James Harden. For me. I'm saying I, I don't know if it's an indictment of James Harden so much as it's a testament to the depth of this draft. Yeah. Let you me know. ask you. Let me ask you guys this though. Did you think that James Harden was the third best player in the draft coming in? I didn't. I, I didn't. mean, we were wrong about a lot of players in this draft, but. I, I I did not see James Harden as being a top three pick kind of talent. I didn't either, but I didn't nope. think – I certainly thought he was a top ten pick, and I didn't think he was mm-hmm. going to be anybody's uh, pushover pick. Like, I thought he would get into the league and prove that he was a very capable NBA player, which he, there's no question he's done that in the limited amount of time he's been used in Oklahoma City. It's just – it's interesting to me how far he's fallen down our, uh, our retro draft here, that's all. Well, he's not falling much further. <laughs> well, yeah, without further ado, I guess, we should get out the way and let Drew make his next pick. And, you know, with the 11th pick, the Nets did take uh, Terrence Williams, who who is coming around. Mm-hmm. He's looking good the last month. Mm-hmm. They've finally given him some playing time. He, right. he played a lot at the beginning of the season, showed us some stuff. And, you know, he's a guy that hits the boards, uh-huh. He can uh, dish the ball a little bit. He's an athlete, and uh, you know he's he's been really good for them. Actually. He's a he's an incredible athlete. That, yeah. that dude can jump, you know, out of the stratosphere. Yeah, he's he's been really impressive to me over the last month. But as the Nets GM, I do take Harden, and I'm glad that he fell this far. Hmm. Uh, I see something in him, and you know it's it's hard with him. What being, is what is that something? He can shoot. Mm-hmm. He can uh, he can. I see him being able to get to the lane. Uh, I just see, I just see qualities that that I would be happy to have at the eleventh pick. Yeah, hmm. no doubt. I mean, uh, and you know, he's a great role player on the Thunder. But give this guy thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and he knows, he's yeah. easily averaging fifteen points a game. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, it's hard. Any any guy, any wing player in Oklahoma City that's coming off the bench, man. Right. Where where does he find the room to? He's scoring ten to do points a game. Be, yeah, with a you know, yeah. it's tough. And I like I like what I've seen of him a uh, a uh, a really solid long distance shooter mm-hmm. NBA body not afraid to slash and really it's it's not a good uh, gauge of what these guys are or are not capable of but I watched I go to you know you go to the All Star weekend and you watch the rookie game the rookie challenge you want to see like okay has this dude got the kind of talent I think he has even though he might not be playing the kind of minutes right. that can show it off and I saw some stuff I thought ooh he is a, you know he does have a little this who did, he, who did he remind you guys game. of? I can't peg him with, 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 any, with anybody else. Like uh, Initially, I sort of saw him sort of Joe Dumars-ish, but 
he he doesn't defend like that. You no, that's know, a tall, like, that's a tall comparison to you talking about a Hall of Famer yeah. and a, you know, he, I'm, I'm, even if it was more I mean contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if a more contemporary comparison. I mean, you know, what his game kind of reminded me of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Cat Mobley when Catino Mobley was still early in his in the prime of his career. Yeah. He had that kind one, of man. mid-range Catino Mobley. Like, you know, yeah. not a lefty. great score, not a great shooter, not a, but he was good at everything. Right. I kind of li- I like that you know, one. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Cat Mobley. That's All what right. he reminded me of when I, you know, when I thought of his game. Like just crafty, could score, could kind of mm-hmm. do what what he needed you to do and would have those nights where he could sting you if you, you know, if you weren't careful. Yeah. Nice he's one. not going to be a star, I don't believe, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good for a really long time. Right. And get him on the right team, you know. Well, he is on the right team. He's on the right team. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you put him in a situation where he was more of a go-to guy, he'd be putting up better numbers. Right. I got you. Right. So now, now where are we at now? We're down to 12, right? It's on you. Let's lock, Let's finish this lottery up. Bobcats. Um, The Bobcats, the 12th pick. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I know you're not picking Gerald Henderson. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm not. Listen, you know what? I, I, I need help. You know, Michael Jordan uh, – is not walking through that door right now to help me make this pick for the Bobcats at 12. And, and I, there are a lot of bodies floating around uh, in the second half of the first round, of the, you know, of this first round and down into the second round. I'm thinking, you know, and I'm looking and going, you know, Chase Budinger, you know, uh, hello? That ain't my phone, Vince. I'm good. No, we're good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, was that Jordan calling? I know. I, I mean, maybe I talked him up. Was that Mike calling to help me with this pick? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you're good. But but no, I mean, I, I'm I'm torn because I know I could go a lot of direction, different directions. I could go long term for the future, and and at the draft time, the Bobcats were a future team. They hadn't been to the playoffs yet, so it was this idea that you know you're still building towards whatever is down the road. In a retrospect, looking back at it now, I realize this is a potential playoff team, obviously. Right. Maybe I need mm-hmm. somebody that gives me one piece to get you over Exactly, that some instant productivity. I'm going 12. I'm going to throw another monkey wrench into the process like I love to do, and I'm going with Jonas Jarebko. Nice. I think if you look look at the rookies who have started and Yo, played you know quality Stay minutes cool. all season long, that's this dude would be a good fit with the Bobcats. You hate America, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just embracing David Stern's global view of the game, Vince. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I like that pick. But I like him. I like him on a team with Stephen Jackson mm-hmm. and Gerald Wallace and somebody. You he know, can get lost and he just could, do his he thing. He can get lost and just be the scrappy, you know, cat that comes in and, and goes on these bursts of rebounds and defense and hustle plays that that would thrive in a Larry Brown system. Would thrive. So what? So 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 now, what's your like crunch time? Crunch, does he make your crunch time five with, uh, on the Bobcats? You know, in the, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, since Tyson Chandler has decided he's not interested in making it, you know, and they got they got some other mm-hmm. some some other high dollar players that haven't really produced for you know due to injuries and whatever else, not being able to fit into the way Larry Brown likes to play. Mm-hmm. I just think I just think a guy like that. And and I'm a big fan of motor, you know, guys with motors as rookies. Okay. Like, if I got a rookie that's sulking because he's not playing the kind of minutes he wants or doesn't like his role or wants more shots, and mm-hmm. I need a dude that's coming to work every day, man. And this, I was talking about him early in the year, and I even talked about him with a with a somebody who works for the Pistons, and they were kind of surprised, like, "Wow, you really like him that much?" Because I don't know that he's looked at as this prize. 
They're still not even in that? Detroit. No, I'm just saying, even in Detroit, I don't know that their fans and people around Detroit are looking at them like a big prize. But to me, from a basketball perspective, oh, I think you gotta love, have dudes like this. I think they love him in Detroit. Yeah, you gotta have dudes like this. They're eating this guy up. So that would be my pick at twelve. I mean, y- y'all can y'all can uh, shoot holes in it if you want, but that's I just got, who I like. I got no beef with Jarebko. This guy hustles, man, and he's he's probably the one. Him and Caspi are probably the two hardest playing. Outside Energy of Blair, guys. outside of Blair, I don't think you got to, yeah. Because I think Blair, Blair's, right? Blair's a little different, though. These guys are kind of more like these energy, like, energy uh, guys, you know, yeah. you know, like get out there and go at it hard. Blair is kind of like does it quietly but plays hard and gets it done. Yeah. The only, these guys are the guys that are like, you know. Right. The only real pause I had is I love Roddy Boubois. Yeah. Like, and I would love to see him get some minutes and play in a system where he had some freedom. It could get loose. He's got potential. But I don't think that would be in Charlotte because I think with the point guard situation they had and have, you know, with Felton in Augustine, I don't know where Boobop, you know, just like in Dallas, there's just this, there's this box around him where he can't get loose. Yeah, go ahead, Vince. I think that, I I think that, you know, when you're dealing with Larry Brown, you, you, it has to be a player that fits his kind of player profile and somebody that he likes because if Larry Brown doesn't like him, the guy could even be talented, but Brown's not going to use him. And I think that Jarecko is a, is a guy that, that, that Larry Brown would, would, would find some use for. So I think that it would actually be a pick that ends up being useful. That's what I think. I mean, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people were hyped up, you know, wanting Tyler Hansbro and all this sort of stuff. To, I, don't need, yeah. I don't need a, 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 a heart pick. I don't right. need some dude who, you know, who everybody's going to fall in love with because he's got a Tar Heel blue, you know, seeping out of his pores. I need a dude that's going to play and play quality minutes. And I think okay. Jarebko would have been that dude on that Bobcat spot. So, well, so it's on you, me now. We didn't oh, get to see much of Hansbro, though. It'd be interesting to see what right. he does. Right. We didn't but... get to see as much of him as some people would like. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, and I'm telling both of y'all, I don't know that Hansbro is some slice above Jarebko in terms of right. production as a rookie. He right. may be down the road, but I don't know that right now. Okay. Well, that, speaking of um, Hansborough, um, he, <laughs> he was picked next for the, for the Indiana Pacers, or the Pacers picked him next. Um, I, I'm not picking Hansborough. What? You know who I'm picking? You don't no, want you don't want Tyler Hansborough, Vince? No, don't want don't don't want Tyler Hansborough. I want his teammate, baby. Really? Ty Lawson. Wow. Ty Lawson. Wow. Now, is it is it is it is it um is it jive if I say that T.J. Ford at the ripe age of 27 is already sort of just kind of, you know, washed up. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's fair because I think he's in a situation where he's not the pick for that system. Right. But, but certainly it doesn't look like he's got a future here's the, there. Here's the here's the here's the thing about Indiana. And part of this is because I don't spend most of my evenings watching the Pacers. I think I might have seen the Pacers play all of You or a lot of other people apparently. Right. You know, well, well, yeah, see, but you know, we we cover the league for a living. But I, I think <laughs> I've seen the Pacers play maybe four times this year. Okay, right. and it, it was all very painful to watch. <laughs> you know, you, you they have talent. You know, what I mean, I mean, you you have Granger, who it, it will be, you know, an all star. You know, uh, again, you know, at some point, I like Troy Murphy. Um, Roy Hibbert is actually playing um, some 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 good basketball. I would like for him to rebound more, but you know, he he's he's coming along. Um, I don't mind Dante Jones at, at the two guard. I think he does what you know a, a solid starting two guard you know can do at least on the defensive end. Right. Um, 
So, you know, I look at the point guard, and although T.J. Ford, to me, he's a starting point guard. You know, any anywhere he goes, if he's your starter, you're not looking at it like, well, that, that team is doomed. But you, you could upgrade, and I think that in the long run, Ty Lawson will be an upgrade at that at that position, but say you bring up, you know, he um, T.J. Ford may not be the guy for that system. Maybe you're talking about because you know he excels in like you know more up tempo style of offense. You know, so I, I can feel you there. But I think Indiana, more so than most teams in the NBA right now, has no identity whatsoever. Right. I'm talking about the the players of the you know the product on the floor. Um, all due respect to the great legend Larry Bird, the organization as well. Like, like, what is their thing? And because nobody really gets what their thing is, it's tough to really make a pick and 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 you know pr- pr- predict even in retrospect how he's going to fit into that squad. You know. Well, I think one thing that really makes that Ty Lawson pick stick is the fact that Jim O'Brien is a is a coach that loves to push tempo. Mm-hmm. So Ty Lawson would be. Oh wait, you, you Jim O'Brien likes to push tempo. That's what I'm saying. He loves to push the tempo, and and Ty Lawson would be a fit in his offense. Well, why don't you think? I mean, T.J. Ford works well. I, I never took Jim O'Brien for being a uh, you know a, a a tempo pushing coach. So what? What, like, what? Why? 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 Why isn't T.J. Ford a, a good fit in that system? I, I mean, that's a great question. Really, that's a great really question. Well but I mean, T.J. Ford has struggled to to find his ground. You know, the way he's departed Toronto, now in Indiana, I don't know. That's a bigger issue that mm-hmm. that has more to do with TJ4 maybe, you know, in terms of just what teams are looking for out of a point guard and whether or not he's it. But I'm saying mm-hmm. if you're Jim O'Brien and you want, a, you want a guy who can run your offense and push the pace mm-hmm. that you're not worried about, like, you know, there's always there's always been these injury concerns with TJ4, and I don't want this to swerve off the curve and, you know, and turn into yeah. a TJ4 conversation. But if we're talking about this draft and guards – and if you want to pick Ty Lawson at 13 for the Pacers, I think that's a fantastic pick. I think you could I got couldn't no go wrong with, with he or Maynard or even mm-hmm. or even Bubwa. I mean they they would have probably relished having the chance to get one of those those guards, but they decided to go in a different direction obviously with Hansbro because they felt like he was the higher rated, you know, big, which I at the time I thought that's not a good pick for them. They already had, you know, uh Troy Murphy and those guys already. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't know that Hansborough was an upgrade over what they already had at that spot. To me, if to me, if you already got guys slotted in position, if the guy you're picking is not an upgrade over that, I don't know where I don't know why you go down that path. Yeah, I wasn't Very sold true. on Hansborough before this draft, and you know he didn't show me much to change my mind. So yeah, I mean, and I like I like the workout I watched of Hansborough's when he was here in Atlanta. I thought, man, this dude plays hard. You know, he's the kind of dude coaches are gonna love, but he's not gonna fit every night on the floor for every team like a lot of nights I, what he does I, I, will be negated mm-hmm. i mean I'll, I'll say that i i was i was not not a fan of ty you know ty hansborough i mean like i thought i thought he was cool I, you know what i didn't i didn't mind him going 13th you know and you know remains to be seen because once you start picking in the team you know i mean we we think about these drafts you know um realistically and you know we all, we're not you know some some idiots that think that they're going to get a superstar you know mid, midway through the first round we know right. that once you start picking in the in the middle of the first round you really what you want and what you should be happy with is if you get somebody that can be a starter 
a solid starter on your team for the duration of, of, of his time with, with, with the organization. And I think that Tyler Hansborough is um, absolutely capable of that. I think that Ty, Ty Lawson, I didn't know why he was – besides the DeWan Blair fiasco dropping all the way down into the second round, the other one where I was like, okay, what's going on here is Ty Lawson dropping down to 18 because I, think, I thought that Ty, Ty, Ty Lawson had lottery pick potential. So if I can cop him at 13 – I know that I have um, my point guard for you know however long he stays with my organization, so I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean the thing, I, the thing I I talked to some um, NBA people about in the days leading up to the draft last year was, you know, because I I watched this I watched cutups of Lawson and Jeff Teague and Lawson against some of these other point guards, and I was like, what is not to like? And, mm-hmm. and then I and then I watched uh, some cutups where Jeff Teague gave him 30 one night when Wake Forest mm-hmm. beat up on North Carolina, and he pushed him around, and Lawson, like, got pinballed around a lot. Then you got to remember that injury question he had, you know, from the tournament. There was some... So you saw you it, saw it, what you saw with your own eyes, Lawson getting pushed around? I don't ever remember yeah, seeing I, that. Yeah, I saw Jeff. I mean, I'm telling you, I watched the, the cut-ups with uh, uh, an NBA team's video coordinator because I asked mm-hmm. him. I was like, I, I do this every year before the draft. I say, hey, man, let me sit down and watch some of this footage with you because I want to see what these scouts and coaches are looking at. Because going into it, I was like, man, there's no way. Lawson is the truth, blah, blah, blah. I watched the cut-up, and I said, woof. He got pushed around and knocked around a lot just physically. Hmm. Um, See, he, he's just trying a, to get around screens. He seems like such a physical guy to but me. Then, but then I stood next to him when he was here for his workout, and the dude is my height. And I thought, yeah. now I see why there's well, so many concerns. No, I'm serious. That It made sense why there were so many concerns about him being – you know, teams were worried. Like, he's not big enough. He's not a big enough point guard to run our team. It works in college but doesn't work in our league, da-da-da-da-da. That, ha- that conversation still exists in the NBA. There's still, you know, this idea that you cannot coach height and that a guy who's 6'1", as opposed to a guy that's, you know, 5'7", 5'8", 5'9", you know, you take the guy that's taller. It's just it's just a fact of, the, of life in the NBA. And I don't think that's going to change. I think Lawson has done a lot to disprove some of those worries, Absolutely. you know, obviously as a yeah. rookie. Jeff T. Jeff T. Might have been pushing him around in those highlights, but I, I would, I would, I'm staking, you know, my reputation on the fact that I think that, and you know, my reputation is nil. But still, <laughs> I'm gonna put my flimsy, you know, reputation on the fact that I think that Ty Lawson will have a better career in the NBA than Jeff T. Yeah. No disrespect to the young boy here in, in, in the A. You know what I'm saying? I'm um, just, he was just the guy that I guy, used but, as a. He was the guy I was using as a comparison because I knew but, that they were both being considered at that pick. That's why it was what, a. No doubt, but what I but what I'm saying is that, and that's that's where you know the the draft gets you know admittedly dicey because then you ha- you you know there are things that you're watching on these tapes. You know you you bring these guys in for workouts, and you know and, and you know we've all been to those workouts where you know the, the guys go one on one and things like that. Um, and you might see uh, you know a, a Ty Lawson getting abused by an Eric Maynard or, or vice versa or whatever, and then all of a sudden you know and an Eric Maynard might. Um, jump over a tie loss and or vice versa on your on your draft board, but then there's also like that gut where you're watching this dude perform, you know, uh, for two, what you know, it was three years in college, and there are just certain intangibles and just certain salient qualities about his game that you just say, man, this dude is gonna make at, at the very least a solid pro. You know what I mean? But sometimes that turns out to be wrong. I'll, you tell, know I'll I mean? tell you a great I'll tell you a great story. Both of you guys it that happened mm-hmm. while watching Dewan Blair and Josh Hatefield work out against each other last year leading up to the draft. And there's people lining the wall watching this workout. And Dewan Blair 
I mean, worked him around that floor mm-hmm. like nothing you've ever seen. Knocking Hayville six eleven, but not a big sturdy guy, but big mm-hmm. enough. And Dewan Blair beat him all over the floor. It was just it was. I felt sick after watching. Like you know how you watch a fist fight in person, you go, "I gotta throw yeah. up." Like he beat him senseless. He, everybody in the room loved it. It was that visceral of a yeah. reaction. No, it was, it was like, up, yeah, queasy, uh. I'm serious. You wanted to go up and get, pat the guy on the it back. It was an no, absolute beat. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to give Josh Hateville the piggyback <laughs> ride out to the ambulance or something. You know, it's like he beat him senseless. But you know what? Somebody said right. to me right after the workout, they're like, "I love Blair to death." He's going to be a solid player in this league for 10, 12 years, but we can't take him mm-hmm. because you know. And then they started rattling off why because he's only six six. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to disappear. My coach won't play him. You know, I mean, it was like those mm-hmm. are the things that go on, on you know, in the process leading up to the draft. And I think the one thing, and Drew and Vince, you, both of you can help me if you if you've heard this or felt this. I think the one problem with the draft all the time is the guys making the call aren't always the guys that are most informed about these players. Like when it gets mm-hmm. to the, when it gets to draft time and the GM or an owner or whoever's running an organization starts looking at it, he's only seeing part of the the equation. Those mm-hmm. scouts and those college scouts guys that are charged with going out and watching these players from the start to the finish, they're mm-hmm. the ones with the real good interpretation of does this guy's skills translate to the NBA? Mm-hmm. Never met a scout that was not really fired up about a guy like Dewan Blair. But every GM I talked to, every executive I talked, front office guy I talked to, said the same things. Well, he's not going to pass the physical. My coach won't, you know, I'm going to have a hard mm-hmm. time selling him to my coach. Da, da, da. That's the kind of conversation that goes on in the draft process that I think sw- you know, sways everything come draft night. That's why doing this is so fun. Yeah. Because we've seen, you know, we've seen what Dewan can do. And so, you know, we know he's he can do it. There it is. I mean, it, it, it makes sense, Drew. Makes sense. Listen, Drew Packham. The T-Mobile Rookie Report on NBA.com. He, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. He's fighting the guru tag, but, so we will have to come up with something better. He is certainly uh, the Hang Time Podcast draft guru, whether he likes it or not. We're giving him that label. Uh, <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't finish the lottery, did we? Well, we could go one more pick, Vince, but, I mean, what we, – Well, I got the Suns, right? We got the Suns, but – I'll throw my – throw, throw the name out. Throw I'll throw, throw my name, name out there. Terrence Williams. On the Suns. We'll I want to see that. Terrence Williams? I want to see that. See if he can play with Steve Nash. Yeah, Steve makes everybody better. I could see Terrence just thriving there in that. And he's and he's big time athletic. He's almost like exactly. a you know a a a, a, a Mari, you know point oh two. Come on now. See this this is <laughs> well, that's where you just go point, off the deep end. Like, no, I said listen, listen to. It. I said point oh two. In a, aside you get from the mathematic reference, yeah, point but I'm. Oh two. But I'm saying, aside from wearing NBA socks, he and Amari have basically nothing in common. I mean, they... that's why I said point oh two. We see, we see that that Grand Rapids public school system education wasn't worth two cents. Wasn't worth point oh two cents. Well, we couldn't hear you. We couldn't hear the point oh two fall. That static on the line from Buffalo, Tucky. So, you know, it happens. It's all good, man. You did, listen, when you coming back? Uh, to, to the home base here. When you, I got, I, I have, I have a, I'm, I'll have one more Monday here in Buffalo, Hollywood, baby. Yeah, and then, um, and then I'm, I'm, I'll be back right in time for the playoffs to start, and, and you know, and then I'll, I'll be able to dish you to your face. In Hollywood the Thomas, again. baby, Hollywood Thomas. There we go, big time. Listen, uh, Drew, we appreciate you taking Anytime, some time man. out of your busy schedule to hang with us. We, yeah, we, man. We, we did this retro draft. We did this redraft in two parts, folks. So. Uh, you know, you get. I know you had to wait a little while for the second half, but we hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
And Drew, you're welcome in the hideout anytime you want to come roll with us, man. Appreciate it, we, folks. We got a seat for you. All right. I like All right. it. All right, guys. All right, folks. That's it. The Hangtime Podcast. Check it out. You should enjoy it.